Welcome to the Common Grounds Unity Podcast, where we have great conversations with unity-minded Christians. Our goal is to encourage unity of the Spirit within the Stone Campbell Movement and beyond. We believe unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and join us as we seek to fulfill Jesus' prayer that we may all be one. And now... Here are your co-hosts. Well, welcome to another podcast of the Common Grounds Unity Group. And we are so excited to have you with us for this podcast today. Our whole mission is to get conversations going across the streams of the Stone Campbell restoration movement. Our philosophy is unity starts with a cup of coffee. So we hope through our conversations here that we're helping you to build bridges with others in your community that are brothers and sisters and just getting to know some folks and coming together for the kingdom. So I am being joined today as my co-host by Tina Bruner. And Tina has been with us before we've interviewed her on the Common Grand Unity podcast. She's the executive director of the World Convention Uh, She was the director of missions at Southeast Christian Church for more than 15 years, which is one of the largest Christian churches in the USA, and is still connected with that good church. Uh, She's co-authored a book on the hope factor, engaging the church in the HIV-AIDS crisis, and she sits on the board of uh, EPIC International, which does work in Afghanistan and New York City and other places. So, Tina, welcome back. How are you doing, and what's going on with World Convention? I am well. It is so good to be here. We are uh, busy um, connecting churches right now with uh, so many different kinds of crisis uh, in Haiti, Afghanistan, um, weather-related things. So uh, part of what World Convention does is try to uh, find out what's going on within the three streams and then connect them. So we're trying to match up people who want to help somewhere with one of our uh, churches that is doing work in those areas. And so it's been pretty busy. And we're also making plans for 2022, the global gathering in Warsaw, Poland. That is great. Well, listen, folks, look look up World Convention, learn more about uh, Tina and her work. Tina, we, we've got some great guests today. Um, I have been recently listening to a podcast called the After Class Podcast. And the three guys that do it are professors at Great Lakes Christian College. Uh, boy, they did, the podcast is so interesting. It's diverse in uh, the, the things they talk about related to just God's word and God's character and just a whole lot of good stuff there. And so I want to give them each an introduction and welcome them to the podcast. So again, it's the After Class Podcast. You can find that on any of the podcast platforms. Um Ron Peters is one of those professors. He's a professor of New Testament uh, there at Great Lakes Christian. He did his undergraduate at Great Lakes Christian College, got a master's at Cincinnati Bible Seminary, and a Ph.D. at McMaster Divinity College. He's the preaching minister at two or more Christian church and has been involved in ministry for over 30 years. He's married to Suzanne, and they just recently celebrated their 25th wedding anniversary So a great milestone there. John Nugent is another on the podcast. He's a professor of Bible and theology. He did his undergraduate at Great Lakes Christian. Common theme here. 
they must have all met there. And then uh, his MDiv at Emmanuel School of Religion, uh, Masters of Theology at Duke Divinity School, and a PhD at Calvin Theological Seminary. He's a Long Island native, and he met and married Beth at Great Lakes Christian College. They've got three daughters, and they've been partners in ministry for uh, many years. He's also an author, by the way, wrote a Bible commentary, Genesis 1 through 11, um, and the Endangered Gospel, and the Politics of Yahweh. Uh, John's got a website, too, uh, johnnugent.net. Should have mentioned as well, Ron has a YouTube channel, Radio Free Ecclesia, so you can look that up on YouTube. And then Sam Long, he is the Vice President of Academic Affairs at Great Lakes Christian, and an associate professor of Old Testament and ministry. He did his undergraduate at Great Lakes Christian, an MDiv at Emmanuel Christian Seminary, a PhD at Asbury Theological Seminary, and has served in church ministry in a number of ways over the past 21 years. Uh, he's married to Carrie, uh, 21 years there, and has a couple of high school-aged kids. So, you guys are a little or undereducated, I think, <laughs> doing here, but it's... So good to have each of you with us. Good to be here. We're happy to be here. Yeah, glad to. Yeah, it is so great that you guys are here. Can you all just give us, I know there's a lot of us today, but could you just give us a brief summary about yourself, your life, your ministry, your spiritual journey, anything that, um, that you'd want the listeners to know as we go into this topic? <laughs> wow. I mean, I think that those, those bios were pretty good. I don't know what to add to it. Um, you know, I've been a Christian most of my life, raised in a Christian home. Uh, apart from a few teen years of not really serving Jesus, that's been the story of my life. Um, and I'd say that for me, you know, what brought me out of those bad years was a simple recognition, Jesus is Lord. And that idea of the Lordship of Jesus has defined my life since I was 18 years old. And, it, and after that, it's just, what does that mean? So uh, if I was going to kind of define my journey, my journey can be summed up in those simple words. That was Ron, um, just seeing recognize of our voices as, yeah, as, I we, forgot to as we all speak. Uh, I'm John, and uh, yeah, like Ron, I've been a Christian uh, all my life, just about. And um, you know, my passion in my adult years is, and in my scholarship is really uh, radical discipleship and radical ecclesiology. I care about the nature and mission of the church deeply, and care about making disciples of Christ who are just wholehearted in for God's kingdom and. Uh, just have a single sense of allegiance to that kingdom and that kingdom alone. And that permeates our teaching in, in the Bible and work in the church. And, you know, like, like these guys have had, uh, you know, decades of ministry experience, just trying to live this out together in community, figure this out. Um, right now, part of a network of house churches in Lansing. And uh, we're trying to really love each other the way um, Christ has called us to, to be a witness to the kingdom. And um, yeah, I've been doing that for quite some time, about 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Sam. Uh, like these two, I grew up in the church. In fact, uh, I was uh, when I was a young, under the age of four, I was uh, at the Southeast Christian Church in Louisville as well. My dad was an yeah. elder there a long, long time ago. Um, but to grow up in the church, and uh, actually in high school, I didn't really want to go into ministry, and I spent a year thinking about doing architecture, and then I realized God's had better plans for me, so switched over to Bible. I love the Bible. I love the Old Testament, uh, the better the Testaments, in some <laughs> estimation, uh, and uh, just love teaching it. And uh, while I was here, uh, it's professors who really just showed me how awesome the Bible could be and what it'd be an, an honor it would be to teach it. And so that's what I followed through the years while doing ministry and having kids and all the rest. So, yeah. That's so. Awesome. 
one of the things we've been doing on this podcast is introducing uh, folks that are listening uh, to different educational institutions that are connected with the Stone Campbell movement. All three of you guys are professors at Great Lakes Christian College, and for many that'll be a familiar name, but for others, uh, not so much. Tell us a little bit about Great Lakes Christian College. Sure. They're pointing, <laughs> they're pointing at me. Yeah, we had to figure uh, out. You've been here the longest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for real. Yeah, I've been on staff here for, what, 20 years. And, uh, yeah, Great Lakes has been around for, I know we, we have banners on campus saying 65 years. 70. Are we at 70 yet? Yes. Okay, been around for about 70 years. Mm-hmm. Started in Vestiburg, Vestiburg Michigan mm-hmm. in a log cabin at like, yeah. a church camp <laughs> and just called ministries to, ministers together out of a need to plant churches in, in the Michigan area. And so it started out as a strictly Bible college with a ministry training kind of focus. And over the years, uh, kind of branched out and you know, became accredited with certain accrediting organizations. And now we're with North Central and we have a diverse curriculum offering um, here in Lansing, Michigan, uh, where, it's where we've been for quite some time mm-hmm. as well. 71, I think. But not in Lansing. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have interrupted. I should not have interrupted. Um, sorry. Classic but, Ron for those yeah, who don't know the podcast. What's <laughs> unique about I think our curriculum and our approach is you know everyone who graduates from Great Lakes gets a a single major in uh, Bible theology as well as a kind of second major in their field of study, which could be business, it could be ministry, it could be counseling, it could be communication, a wide variety of fields. But everyone who goes here. Uh, studies Bible and theology, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty robust major. It's about yeah. forty credits, yeah. About forty mm-hmm. credits. Three semesters of Old Testament survey, three t- semesters of New Testament survey, three semesters of theology, and a bunch more. Yeah, <laughs> electives and such. So, yeah, yeah. So we're still committed to that mission of uh, you know producing servant leaders for the kingdom, equipping our churches with leaders, as well as you know equipping a variety of vocational spheres with strong Christian leaders, and equipping churches with educated people in Bible who could be elders and deacons and Sunday school teachers who can right. kind of raise the level of, of Bible uh, fluency in the church. Yeah. Yeah. I tell students when they go into the church that regardless of what major they leave with and regardless of what their role is in that church, they're going to be the Bible expert because right. they've had yeah. far more biblical education than most people who are in the church. And so yeah. uh, they need to use it in positive ways for the church. And way more than most people would get at a, at a standard Christian college. You know, when you think of like 40 credits, and I think it's what drew us here to this college. You know, the three of us are, we're just Bible guys. We just love the Bible. We love studying it. We like teaching it. We like talking about it. And we have this, as John said, really robust curriculum that's dedicated to studying the Bible and the, the best techniques for interpreting it and communicating it. And so I think that's why we stick around here is because, you know, what we do here is so in tune with our own passions. And uh, I think that's reflected in our podcast. It's just an extension of what we do in the, in the classroom. So can you can you shift in to that and talk to us a little bit more about the podcast, the purpose, the approach, your audience? <laughs> I think Ron should take this because it was his uh, baby. In a sense, yeah. Uh, I had the idea um, about uh, four years ago. I had the idea of doing a podcast. And at first I was thinking, oh, I could do that. You know, I could do a podcast. And within moments, I thought, oh, no, this is something that I should talk to Sam and John about. And so we were, uh, we went to the Stone Campbell Journal Conference uh, in, um, it would have been at Johnson, Johnson, okay, at Johnson that year. And I broached it with them. And on the drive back, uh, John and I were in one band, Sam was driving the other band. <laughs> and so John and I just started brainstorming, talking about what it could be, uh, what we would call it, tossed around a bunch of ideas. 
uh, we were texting with Sam and thank goodness he didn't get in a car accident. You know, <laughs> we were trying to communicate with him. But uh, it was John who came up with the idea of after class because we just really envisioned it as being an extension of the kind of conversations we love to have with our students and with each other. And, um, you know, we had a general idea, but I think that it was one of those things that it, it only took a few episodes for us to really discover what we saw as our unique contribution as Bible guys who just love to tackle a topic and trace that topic from Genesis to Revelation and say, what is the full sweep of the Bible story? Like everything we do as Bible teachers is always, what's the full sweep of the Bible story and how do you situate this in it? And very quickly when we started hitting record and just talking, like that's what happened. And so that's the genesis of the, the podcast. Yeah. And I think part of the unique, I don't know, secret sauce or the unique flavor that we bring <laughs> is, you know, you have one, one of us has a PhD in New Testament, one has a PhD in Old Testament, and one has a PhD in theology. Yeah. And these fields, you know, sometimes are like hermetically sealed spheres from one another <laughs> in, in certain, you know, curriculum and Bible departments. But like we work together and yeah. we see these yeah. three fields as belonging to one another and interpenetrating each other. And, and to bring expertise from each of those three angles to the topic, that's the kind of diversity we can offer. Yeah. You know? So there are three the, white guys. Yeah. <laughs> but we well, have different as you're fields. talking about that, like how, so are you surprised by who's listening? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. We, I mean, the idea was to have a, a resource for the church, right? That was our goal is just for yep. churches to be able to use this. Um, and it, it, it's, it seems like that I, I joke about this, but like our major demographic is middle-aged women. <laughs> and, and I think just like, yeah, are, you guys and all yeah. the crime murder crime podcasts are all about the middle-aged ladies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And, and we know it's not because of our looks, so it must be something else. Uh, and so, yeah. And, but I mean, we have plenty of others too. We have previous students who like to continue uh, their education. Uh, we have others who are just looking for just really just Bible teaching. Uh, they get a lot of like application type things, which are very good. Um, but it feels, it seems like they're not getting that just deep dive into the Bible. And so we're trying to fill that void. Yeah. What surprised me, I've run into junior hires who listen to it. And I've also <laughs> run into presidents of Christian colleges and like professors with PhDs in Bible who are listening. And yeah. it's like, why are you listening? Like, <laughs> you know, we're at the same level as you. We're not really adding anything. But I think what they like is they, they don't get that, you know, three different fields grinding on the single topic. Yeah. And it does each of us brings something different to it that, you know, people with, you know, lots of education find it. There's something for them here too. Yeah. And I think at a really, like, we try to be really accessible. You know, we're scholars. We know how to speak scholar speak, you know, and we've presented, presented at conferences and done that. So, so we know how to do that, but that's not really who we are. You know, we kind of do that just because it's, it's our job. As John said earlier, we all three just love the church. We love the people of the church. And so we want to, just talk in a way that's accessible to anybody who just hits play and listens. Well, I think you guys are achieving that so well. Uh, Tina, I don't know what our demographic is. I think we're going to have to ask John uh, Teal to find out about that. We may be falling into the same demographic, but I'll, I'll tell or you. the middle school boys. They might be checking that, us out. That could be it. <laughs> that could be all there is, but, uh, and which would be fine. But uh, listening to your guys' podcast, for example, I just listened to one uh, yesterday, as I was driving out of the airport on reading um, narrative, mm, and, yeah. and I thought, man, I, I've got to pass this on to a couple of young guys in our church and gals that are teaching. This is so practical. 
Uh, and it's it's at a level that is so understandable. Your dialogue is so good with one another. You each bring something out uh, that, that's just just terrific. You guys are you're engaging and, and you can tell you like each other and that you enjoy doing this together. <laughs> so well, I can't say enough about the ones I've listened to. How, how do you guys you. how do you uh, decide your subject matter? How do you, you come together and say we need because your, your latest one is on social media outrage? Um, which is so different than the ones on demonology a couple of weeks before. How does it all come together? It's a Urim and Thummim situation. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it's, we, we, you know, when you when you cut the bird and read the entrails, that's just really a, a useful way to find things out. And so we found that to be a very uh, good way. To yeah, we try to stick to our passions. I mean, yeah. and and we try to stick to the questions that come out of our our listeners mm-hmm. and our students, and and the questions that we're just wrestling with. I mean, yeah. we like to read, and we read something or read an article, and it really strikes our interest, and that's how that social media outreach thing mm-hmm. came about. Uh, but often lots of the material grows out of our teaching in the classroom. And we like to think of, you know, not everyone has the opportunity to go to a Christian college and do 40 hours of Bible. And, <laughs> and so we try to make, you know, the gleanings in our study of Scripture available to a wider audience. And so I, I think we don't have a systematic approach. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's kind of we get together and say, I don't know, what are people asking about now? Like Sam's right. uh, wife, Carrie, just started listening to us recently, and she has three different topics she'd like us to tackle. So those are all on the hopper. Yeah. What we're reading triggers it. What's going on in media. We don't really, we don't focus on, you know, popular hot topic media things. Right. It, it's like, you know, all the rage in the media today. Uh, but sometimes we'll get sucked mm-hmm. into a topic like that yep. Yeah. because we feel like we have something to contribute. It's like yeah. when our three specialties, you know, coalesce in a way that we have something to offer, then we do a series. But if we feel like, you know what, we just have nothing here. I'm not sure how to bring the Bible to bear on it. Let's just not add to the noise. Right, yeah. So, so it sounds so, like you take requests as long as mm-hmm. it comes from one of your wives. Well, <laughs> sure. Especially Sam's. <laughs> and other requests. We've actually put it out there various times on Facebook. Like, what do you want to have a series about? And we've done a few of those. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about hermeneutics and and why good hermeneutics is so important as we approach uh, important biblical topics and maybe start out with a little bit of an explanation for somebody out there who might be saying herman who who's he talking about <laughs> hermeneutic so yeah. talk to us a little bit about that you want to define the term ron so hermeneutics <clears throat> i mean it's it's literally it comes from a greek word that just means interpretation and that's more or less what the modern word is used for uh, hermeneutics has to do with the with this broader sort of philosophical field of interpretation. And in fact, it's not just biblical. Like every single day you engage in interpretation. Um, when two people sit down and have a conversation, they're engaging in hermeneutics. Um, because it's not just the mere content of the words, but the spirit behind the words, the intention, the unspoken things. Uh, I always tell students, like, you know, why is it that emojis have become so popular it's because they're hermeneutical aids. You know, so often written text is misunderstood because you don't know if the person is joking or serious or angry or whatever. And so people throw in an, an emoji to help communicate that emotion. And so I try to help them understand that hermeneutics is something we engage in every single day. And when we talk about hermeneutics, we're saying we're trying to interpret the Bible. And the Bible can be challenging to interpret at times. There's a lot going on there that often needs additional help to make sense. Yeah. And, and our approach, I, I think what stands out about our approach and what people like about it is 
we definitely have a full Bible hermeneutic. Mm-hmm. Like we see the Bible not as an encyclopedia and <laughs> not as a you know a fodder for proof texting, but there is a narrative that stretches from Genesis to Revelation, and yeah. and every topic, every question needs to be placed in light of the trajectory of that narrative. Right. And you know Sam's got a PhD in Old Testament. I taught Old Testament here for fifteen years. It's been a passion and part of my PhD dealt in Old Testament studies as well. So two of us bring a lot of experience and education in Old Testament studies. And I think we bring a lot of that to the text, especially that Stone Campbell movement is like New Testament Christianity. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a hunger in our churches who've been getting a steady diet of what, what the New Testament says about this passage, uh, independent of the Old Testament context yeah. for reading the New Testament, yeah. which is the context in which the New Testament was written <laughs> over yeah. the backdrop of that you know, wider arc of salvation history. So our hermeneutic really tries to be a full Bible hermeneutic. It takes the work of Christ as the high point in the story, right? And the New Testament as the culmination, but it's the culmination of something that began long ago with Abraham and has its background in the primeval prologue. And, And so that, I think that whole Bible approach, people find refreshing. And, and really there's a lot to learn there because people haven't been taught it a lot. In fact, as a New Testament professor, I constantly try to drill into my students. Like, you don't understand the New Testament if you don't understand the Old Testament. Like, you can't be a New Testament specialist without really trying to immerse yourself in that Old Testament story. And so even though my area of scholarly specialty is New Testament and, you know, my scholarly work is done in in that field, I spend an awful lot of time in my own personal study in the Old Testament. To so and even in the classroom, we're constantly on the Old Testament to to see how the New Testament is taking up that story and, and moving it in the direction God is going. I would just add one more thing: is that as our podcast um, just approaches texts that have to do with our topic, and we try to we don't try to put them in a system and in, in a particular box. Just we're in this time and place when this was written. What's it saying? And we draw conclusions from that. And so I think because we don't have to force things like often happens, uh, as John said, it's refreshing, it's engaging, and it makes sense to people, and they appreciate that. When you guys, the whole Common Grounds Unity is about unity among the Stone Campbell movement. And I know for me, when I talk to a lot of people, we are good at compartmentalizing even things um, within the issue of unity or um or not looking at the whole picture, like you're talking about Genesis to Revelation. So in your all's approach to the podcast, what 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 takeaways can there be on how we can also look at unity within the Stone Campbell movement with the same kind of lens that you all are looking at scripture? Yeah, I, I think I'd like to leave with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of what leads to so much division in the church is people do theology in the way that starts in the New Testament <laughs> And then find some point in history, whether it's a council or a creed or the birth of a movement or a denomination or a significant figure uh, like Luther or Kuyper or Aquinas. And they they draw a trajectory Mm -hmm. from the New Testament through that particular point or person in history. And that sets a trajectory within which they find their kind of ecclesiology home, their church home, their theological home. And that's a very divisive way to approach church history and the Bible, because yeah. from the New Testament, you can go in any infinite number of directions. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think, you know, the, one of the most ecumenical approaches to um, theology and the Bible is if you start your trajectory back in the Old Testament and cast it forward going through the New Testament, then it casts kind of a lane going forward, a ray going forward yeah. in history of 
we should try to find ourselves within that trajectory. Yeah. And, and you'll find different people in church history inside of that trajectory from a wide variety of Christian traditions. Um, but it's a, a more ecumenical standing, starting point because we all share the Old Testament as Scripture. Yeah. And using that as the starting point instead of the New Testament as a starting point allows there to be a wider range of common ground that we find as we interpret things theologically and biblically. And because we really just stick to the Bible story and the trajectory it creates, we don't really, in a podcast, get hung up in historical debates and how it was later interpreted in the Reformation or the Counter-Reformation. We're really sticking within the biblical trajectory. So it sounds like to me that the beauty of that, which also could be the beauty of unity within our movement, is working forward versus working backward. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we laughed really hard in the midst of our, our women's series because we saw a video of a, a very well-known preacher who got up and said, all right, we're going to look at what the Bible has to say about women. Turn to 1 Corinthians 14. And like We just were like <laughs> roaring, but at the same time, so appalled. It's like, because that's just the perfect illustration of what John is talking about. And uh, that's the, the thing that we just want to to offer. We want to offer something that's so radically different than that. It's like we started in Genesis 1, you know, and it took us forever to get to 1 Corinthians 14. But by the time we got there, we had this really robust biblical view of, you know, women in God's creation and women in the people of God so that a passage like 1 Corinthians 14 could be understood in light of that. And, and I think that that's what people love. I mean, they're just like, oh, my gosh, you're giving us the whole Bible. And, and people find that like just, you know, cold water on a hot day. It's, it's so refreshing to them. And if we take them through the whole Bible on multiple topics, you know, after a while, like the whole Bible story starts to sink into your brain. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, we just, exactly. we just keep retelling the whole Bible story over and over again through this topic, that topic, the other topic, and that repetition um, really has a way of, you know, people come back after a while saying, I feel like I know how the whole Bi- Bible story hangs together in a way I didn't know before. Yeah. And we didn't really have a series on just that. <laughs> it's just right, what yeah. you pick up when you uh, visit multiple topics from that from that angle. Yeah. You know, we did a series on, you know, what's the Bible say about Satan? And you know, we did the exact same thing. You know, we did a, a what's the Bible have to say about sex? We did the exact same thing. I mean, it's just, yeah, same thing over and over and over again. Well, and I love that idea. You know, we, we often, in discussions about hermeneutics, talk about literary context, historical context. This whole idea that when you read Scripture, um, you're not just coming to that text and trying to exegete that text. You, you've got a whole story there that that fits into, and if you, the, the, the writers assume some knowledge of, of the Old Testament and the larger story. I think that's often missing. So refreshing to hear you guys say that. Do you think we're doing better hermeneutics today than we were as a movement uh, 50 and 100 years ago? It seems like our divisions came out of uh, different ways. I know in churches of Christ, a cappella and, and Christian churches, the way we interpreted Scripture. Do you, do you think we're overall doing a better job today than we once were? I think our seminaries are doing better. I can speak to, you know, the fellow professors we have at other schools and institutions and this sense of, and I think, I don't know, not just our movement, but wider scholarship, you know, with with figures like N.T. Wright, who really Mm -hmm. care about how the whole Bible story hangs together. Like that has taken off as a movement among scholarship in general. Yeah. Uh, It hasn't necessarily made its way down to the pews yet. (laughs) Um, And so I think 
our professors are being raised in that environment as well because we're going to different schools. We're being, you know, even here, we're multiple, three different PhD institutions are being represented. So I think our people are doing a better job of gaining a broader education so that we are getting exposed to this more. And I think that's trickling down into the colleges and the ministers. Yeah. I think I've seen a lot of good progress in that direction. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially the, like the, the upcoming generation, you're just going to see more and more of that because it is, it's across the board. Like my friends, my pro- fellow professors at our institutions, you know, very similar. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's something that's, that's definitely in motion and we're going to see the fruit of it in the coming decades, even more. As scholars, are you all seeing more collaboration between yourselves and other streams of the movement? And, and the educational institutions within uh, the various streams. We mentioned the, you know, first coming up with the idea for the podcast at the Stone Campbell um, Journal Conference. Yeah. I think that that represents a three branches kind of encyclopedia. An encyclopedia came out of it. A journal came out of it. All sorts of projects and book series. Uh, that represents, I think, significant uh, cross-pollination. I think it's happening in our higher education circles uh, I think there's an openness to it. I've been invited by multiple Church of Christ mm-hmm. scholars to come, you know, speak at this conference, respond to a panel of papers on this topic. There's a lot of invitations going out and being accepted. Don't experience a lot of yeah. resistance to that or division. Like there's mm-hmm. just, I've only experienced openness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think on the higher level, like uh, the academic level, uh, I don't know how much I see in the churches at the church level, uh, which is kind of concerning at times. Um, but uh, I agree with you that uh, on certain academic uh, levels, it's, yeah, we're working together and we understand where we've all come from and we're working towards the same goal. Yeah. A lot of our churches are so independent. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for them to see beyond their own church family. Yeah. Let alone to see other, what other Christian churches from the same branch of the Stone Camp movement are doing. I mean, there's very little of that. There's, mm-hmm. yeah, at least, you know, we're associated most with the Christian churches, um, independent Christian churches, right? Mm-hmm. Um, instrumental. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, our churches tend to be really insular, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. not a lot even with each other. So to think about cross crossing the lines with non-instrumentals or disciples, it's not that people are opposed to it. It's just it's not part of their their life rhythms. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it, it, it's some of it's just practical stuff. Like, you know, we're here in Michigan and, you know, so many of our the churches of our constituency are, are northern Michigan. Um, that's rural spread out you know we got lots of churches small churches and small towns and um so geography alone kind of puts them out on an island uh so there i think there are just those kinds of challenges like john and i were just at what's called the michigan christian convention this last weekend uh where um there are people from a lot of churches who all got together for a big uh one day gathering there was worship and, and workshops and stuff like that and that was really good um so we do have some of that but yeah, I just think that the very nature of at least the churches here in Michigan uh, creates a challenge for that kind of collaboration. Well, listen, guys, th- this half hour has flown by, and we're going to ask the three of you to join us again for our next podcast. Uh, so we're going to kind of wrap things up here. So uh, look forward to being back with you again. And I just want to say again to our listening audience. Uh, I love the way these guys are making um, just good information about God's word 
accessible. I mean, here are three professors that when you listen to them, uh, they're talking to you and, and just making good uh, access to things related to biblical hermeneutics, as we've been discussing, and so many other things accessible at a level that you will really appreciate and enjoy. So look up the After Class podcast on your podcast platforms and binge a little bit. You'll be blessed uh, to do that. Guys, it's been great to have you with us. Tina, great to have you with us too. Yeah, it's been great. I can't wait till we uh, talk with them about a light subject like women in the Bible. <laughs> Absolutely. We're, That'll we're gonna, be fun. We're going to lay the hard ones on them in the next podcast. All right. All right. Well, everybody, uh, grab a cup of coffee, get together with somebody and build those bridges. Our whole mission is to bring Christians together in unity to answer that plea of John 17, or at least be a part of the answer to that plea, uh, that we might be one. Look forward to being back with you next podcast. We'll have these three guys back. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are. There are plenty of resources, and you can subscribe to the weekly email articles, join the Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. We've also provided a link in the show notes for comments. You can ask questions or suggest topics and guests. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do that too through the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless. And remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.